One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, uh, in Rio time, it is the 17th of August 2016, uh, which means the rest of the world is probably ahead or just behind or somewhere in the middle. But uh, the Olympic Games continues, but that's not what the Rugby Pass podcast is all about. It's all about the footy. And the footy starts again this weekend in terms of the Rugby Championship. Scotty Stevenson and Andrew Mulligan with you as we report this pod live from the Rio Olympic Games, where Andrew Mulligan, you've become a sensation in Ireland. Keto disgust. You know what, we, we've got this mix zone, we being Sky New Zealand, uh, and we've only got four of them throughout the whole games because there's only four reporters. And uh, being at the athletics this week, it's been truly amazing just to talk to, uh, in a very pr- privileged position, a, a galaxy of stars. And some are disaffected and unaffected by it all, and some of them are really engaging. And um, Thomas of Ireland, um, he was, quite frankly, the greatest interview I've ever had in a mix zone. He was so engaging. Now, Thomas Barr, you were talking about, who ran the 400 metres hurdles, not just ran the hurdles, won the semi-final. In, in the time of his life. And uh, <laughs> pretty much, this is what way it was. And I thought, oh, you know, an Irish sprinter. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, be patronised or condescending towards him because he'd been a champion of, a, of an athlete coming into these games. I quickly found out having to Google him. And uh, the, the interview that we had, he was really engaging, just got picked up by Irish media. Uh, well, an, an Irish website. They claim to be Ireland's number one sports website. So it was pretty cool. It was a nice thing to wake up to. That's the great thing about the Olympics. You get to interview a whole lot of different sports people. Uh, but you and I have interviewed a number of Wallabies and All Blacks, which is where we're going to start the podcast this week. We're going to start with the All Blacks taking on the Wallabies at ANZ Stadium. The first game of the Rugby Championship, but also the first game of the 2016 Bledisloe Cup Series. Need I remind Australian listeners that the All Blacks have held that trophy since 2003. It's a long time between drinks. 13 times they've retained that trophy since. Uh, and in fact, the All Blacks have lost just one of their last 13 against the Wallabies. Let's go back a few days to the war of words, if we can call it that, between Steve Hansen and Michael Checker. Steve Hansen taking a leaf out of the Eddie Jones playbook and launching into Checker as soon as he touched down in Australia. Do we, do we buy anything in to this coach speak before a test match? I think you do with these two. I think they're uh, really engaging guys. I think Steve Hansen... Uh, has put on a polished media performance since he's got the job as All Blacks coach. I think he's, uh, he's learned the game. He's learned how to be uh, a head coach because he was salty, salty, salty. Salty! He was so salty when he was assistant coach. Didn't he have to do the Wednesday press conference, the day off Wednesday press conference as an assistant? 
Yeah, he did. It was back in the days of Graham Henry, and geez, he hated it. He just absolutely hated it. And the worst thing about it is no one could understand a word he's saying. So not only has he got better with dealing with the media, he's actually stopped mumbling as much, which, uh, you know, much to his credit. Look, the All Blacks go into the side without Dane Coles. No Joe Moody. A rejig in the midfield with Crotty and Feki Toa partnering up. If you're the Wallabies right now, are you thinking there's some weaknesses? Straight away, there's a chink in the army. You lose Dane Coles. You lose one of the most mobile forwards you've got. Well, you've got Crotty and Feki Toa in the midfield who haven't quite fired up this season as we know they can. Uh, and then added to that, Bowden Barrett getting the test start in jersey number 10. Is this an all-black side that deserves to go in with confidence or is this an all-black side that the Wallabies can look at and say, treat us with a lot of disrespect if you want, but we know there are ways to attack now? Yeah, I look, I look at the way that the, uh, the All Blacks have been performing and you can only really gauge it against Wales uh, and it certainly is a different looking team, a team against Wales than it is here just in terms of uh, the mobility of the side because there's no Julian Savere, he's on the bench. Uh, there's no lock cover on the bench. They've got Liam Squire and they've got Artie Savere there as well. TJ Perinara, Aaron Cruden and Julian Savere are the, are the, are the specialist cover positions in the back line but you've got Ben Smith who is like a um, it's like an Allen key you can pretty much just help out with anything you need or a Leatherman would be more apt he's a Leatherman isn't he he's a white Leatherman um, I just feel as though the Wallabies are, are a different proposition at home but anytime you put Quade Cooper in the mix and they think that's their secret weapon I think you just lick your lips and think bring him on bring him on as early as possible because as soon as he faces an All Blacks team he shits the bed there's no other description better for it. I've never seen Quade Cooper have a better game uh, in a Wallabies jersey against the All Blacks. A good game, that should be. So good luck to them. The whole notion that Australian rugby has gone outside the boundaries where New Zealand rugby fares to tread and saying to some of their senior players, well, on legacy value, you can play offshore but come back into the Wallaby camp. Is Checker asking for trouble here by not picking local combinations that applied their trade in Super Rugby that... Uh, are all together in it by saying to these guys, you can go away and earn a squillion French francs and then come back and, and still retain your wallaby position. Does that not cause, you think, a little bit of animosity within the group? You know what? It probably does. Um, I can't you know, really comment on the fact that these guys need to go away because the ARU and Bill Pulver have always been in a dire financial position. Uh, that, that goes up and down depending on broadcasting deals confirmed. Um, I think the limits that they put on 60 tests or seven years of service towards the Wallabies is probably the best kind of compromise you could find as a, as a, Wallabies, um, as a Wallabies player and a Wallabies team. And so they've earned their right to do it. If you're a young player and you begrudge a guy coming back and taking your position, then you know you've got to play your trade in Australia, and combination-wise, it, it will affect them. You know what? But if they're used to Checker and his systems now, he's been in the job what a year, year and a half, probably that. It, it means that you've got a guy who is uh, understanding what he has, what he doesn't have, and what he's going to have. So the New Zealand have lost just one of their last six at ANZ Stadium. A lot of people have talked about the Sydney venue being a bit of a hoodoo for the All Blacks, but you know they've won the last four and drawn one uh, against the Australians, and, and that one loss, of course. That's not good enough. Yeah, no, it's not good enough. But Australia have lost have lost seven of their last ten at the same venue. I mean, who's got the hoodoo here? It's not the All Blacks. I know, and I, you know what? We had a we, we had a draw with them. Uh, we've had a loss 
uh, with them as well. Just that loss, I think it was before the World Cup. It was in the same kind of, I think it was the same fixture, to be honest. It was to win the the rugby championship, which Australia duly did. And uh, then they went on to blow it in the 2015 World Cup. So... The, that is the thing, and I was at that game, and it was weird. It was a weird game. It was like the All Blacks were purposely taken out of their, their winning game plan. It was strange, and they and they missed tackles, and um, props were running around them. They were giving up. They looked out muscled. They looked they looked out passion for want of a terrible terrible um, adjective. It was one that was strange. And TJ Perinara came on. And he had a shock. He tried too hard at the very end, and. But Nehemiah Nascutter was the shining, shining light in that game. He had two tries and everybody was like, he's the, he's the next big thing. Now it's kind of like, well, the All Blacks, they're, they're trying to rewrite history here. They're trying to re-energize um, an All Blacks campaign after a World Cup win. So I think it's going to be different. It is going to be different. Israel Folau says they're going to bomb them to death. And uh, I get the feeling they will. The All Blacks have always been big kickers of the football. And in fact, I think it's one of the great myths of world rugby that the All Blacks run the ball more than any other team. They actually kick the ball more than any other team. Israel Folau, one feels, is going to have a lot of work out of the deep. And that might just be uh, the decider in this game, how well Israel Folau can handle the high ball and his back three partners. We move on to South Africa up against Argentina. Uh, South Africa aiming to win the rugby championship for just the fourth time. Uh, they must be the most disappointing side in this rugby championship. They really must. But again, we're in a state of flux here. Alistair Quetzir got his first series out of the way against the Irish. Didn't all go to plan for him. Uh, he lines up here with still the political upheaval of South African rugby quota systems, uh, racial divides hanging over him, and also the fact that he's not universally admired as a Springbok coach just yet. Uh, Alistair Kutsia can't do a worse job against the All Blacks than Heineken Meyer did, though. Yeah, and you know what? The box have always got something else in the back of their minds, whether or not they deserve to be, if it's going to be something... Um, that has been uh, a selection issue or a form issue. Uh, we're looking at Argentina as well, and the Argentinians have won just once in 22 attempts against the box. However, it was last year, and it was um, quite emphatic, wasn't it? So whether or not the Argentinians are better off having the Haguares in the Super Rugby competition or they're just the same unit as we come to expect, they like to go wide, their precision isn't as accurate as it should be, uh, quite like what we expect here at home in New Zealand. But I just think South Africa, um, they do like making clean breaks, but they're not very good at doing it compared to everybody else. Yeah, I think that's always been the issue with South African rugby. It's not the fact that they don't create opportunities. It's just over the last couple of years, we haven't seen them take them. We saw their plan under Heineken Meyer, which was a, was a game of bull rush, basically, and, and you try and break the other team physically and mentally. It was a brutalist style of code, which I think the Lions have shown us this year in Super Rugby that South Africans don't need to play that way. In fact, they're more effective when they play loose, when they throw the ball around, when they use their skill, their swerve, their pace. Uh, the Lions side showed that uh, plenty of that. And the Argentinians are exactly the same. I think this could be a more entertaining game than the Wallabies-All Blacks match. And not that I think the All Blacks-Wallabies match is a foregone conclusion. I, I just think we might start to see what a new South African style of play looks like. I know that Alistair Kutsir is famous for his defensive structure rather than his attack, but I think the influences coming into South African rugby after that Super Rugby series are going to be uh, just all too powerful for Kutsir to handle. He's going to have to take the leash off this side. Yeah, so who, who did Kutsir coach in Super Rugby? Yeah, it was the Stormers. And so what kind of patterns are we used to watching the Stormers play? Tackle. 
yeah, tackle, tackle rugby. So will he employ the Stormers' style of play to a, a team that is made up of all sorts of different players? And will it be uh, a style of play there that Courtsier is happy to embrace because the Lions have proven that, that it can work? And how much of, of that team will be the Lions because they are sh- head and shoulders above the best team in Super Rugby for South Africa? Yeah, look, they have been, but they've been that way because they've been entertaining to watch. You know, a team that wins rugby enjoys playing its rugby. And I don't know if the Stormers team really enjoyed their footy. Look, you know, I've called a lot of Stormers games over the years, and they've had some wonderful players, the Jean de Villiers, the Skulk Burgers, the likes, and the Dwayne Vermeulens. But ultimately, it was beat them up, beat them up, run at the player, not at the space, and we'll see how we go. I just think, given uh, there's some different personnel on the Springbok side this year, they won't lose first up against Argentina. I think they'll want to make a statement in the rugby championship, and I think they'll look around, and everyone will say, well, the All Blacks are miles ahead. They've started with a great series win over Wales. I've got to tell you, forget that. When it comes to the rugby championship and the age-old rivalries between the South Africans, New Zealanders, Australians, and a developing rivalry with Argentina, who share a lot of similar traits with all three teams, I think we're going to see a great rugby championship. You're on the Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty Stevenson joined by Andrew Mulligan as we look ahead to the weekend's opening clashes of the rugby championship. The All Blacks will face Australia and South Africa will take on Argentina. I'm going to get a prediction out of our guest today. Andrew, give us a bit of a score prediction for both games. I'm looking forward to the All Blacks game to see how they use Julian Savia off the bench and rejigging that back line and how Malachi Fikatoa, for some reason, he's not very good at rugby now, according to some pundits back in New Zealand. What? <laughs> Apparently, Malachi Fikatoa is on like a second chance here. So I think he's going, to be, uh, he's going to be excellent. He always plays well against Australia in Australia. He's won us a test match. I've got a theory for you, Malachi Fikatoa. Have we got time quickly? Yeah. All right, this is a official Rugby Pass podcast theory. Did you see how tight Malachi Fikatoa's shorts were this Highlander season? A man cannot make adequate football decisions when he is squeezing the life out of his nutsack. That is a wonderful theory. Hopefully the, the, the kit guys have given Malachi Fikatoa. Just You've got to loosen them up. Just a, li- a little bit of breathing room does not go astray. I mean, otherwise you may as well come out and appear like they were tight shorts. And I mean, that's not a fabric that gives. No. You know, look, it's just there's no stretch in there. So, I mean, you are crushing your meat and potatoes for 80 minutes and you know no wonder you're making some defensive lapses there when your brain is focused on the dull ache between your legs that's such a good point i love that theory all blacks 29 17 uh the Springboks, not don't know don't know about this i don't know i know they're going to win but i don't know how much they're going to win by okay i'm going to say Springboks. Springboks are going to win 27 15 the argentinians don't score a try they kick penalties Five penalties. Jeez. You've really got me fizzed up about that one. That's it for the Rugby Pass podcast. Live from Rio, Andrew Mulligan, Scotty Stevenson. Don't forget, get into the Rugby Championship this weekend. It all starts the All Blacks and uh, the Wallabies in Australia, South Africa taking on the Pumas in South Africa. Make sure you subscribe today, rugbypass.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.